Rivers Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we continue with our portion of worship this morning, as we open your word, I just pray that we can allow your Holy Spirit to convict us of your truths as they pertain to growth in you and our ability to share our faith of Jesus with others. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Confucius was a Chinese philosopher, poet, and politician. And mind you, before we continue, we are taking a break from Hebrews. We're going to be out of Hebrews today, so just keep that in mind. I want to say that before we continue. But Confucius, some of you maybe have heard about. He is known as the, the pagan of Chinese sages, and that basically means that he is the ultimate example of wisdom. He said this, and I'm going to quote exactly what he said. It's right here on your screen. He said, I hear and I forget. I see and I remember. I do and I understand. Brothers and sisters, is this not the truth? In life, how often do we forget what we've actually heard? I mean, Hope would tell you that I actually forget everything that she tells me. For those of you that are clapping, I actually tell her, it's not that I forget, it's that I don't listen. You can clap to that. Church, we, we can apply the wisdom of Confucius to the gospel. Not that Confucius knew Christ personally, but we can apply this wisdom to the good news. See, it's not good enough for us to just hear about the gospel. It's not good enough for us to just see the gospel because if we fail to do the work of the gospel as believers... We should understand that the gospel is only a theory unless we actually put the good news itself into practice. And this is precisely why we've titled today's sermon, Active Surrender. Active Surrender. And like I said, we're going to be taking a break from the book of Hebrews. We're going to be in Romans today, just looking at two verses. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, to be specific we're going to see that encouragement can come in the form of us learning how to live as a living sacrifice. Because that's precisely what this text tells us here this morning. So let's get into this text and we can see exactly that. How we can be encouraged how to live as a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing in you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Let's go ahead and throw these Two verses into one sentence that summarizes everything that Paul is saying right here in Romans. And that is this. What we believe about Jesus determines how we behave. What we actually personally believe about Jesus will determine 
how we behave. Now, my question for you is this. How would you define worship? See, most limit the scope of worship. How is it that you would personally define worship? See, I think too often we limit the scope by thinking worship is just when we sing songs. But that's not true. See, the actual definition of worship is this. The appropriate response to who God is. That's worship. When you appropriately respond to who God is, you are actually worshiping God. So therefore, you don't just have to be in your car listening to worship music or coming here on Sunday morning and listening to worship music to worship. No, that is not the case. It's when you appropriately respond to who God is. That's when you're worshiping the Lord. We find our answer specifically in verse 1. Paul begins by saying this. He says, I appeal to you therefore. See, this is not a command, but also the therefore is there. And we always ask the question, what is the therefore therefore? And we know that this is an encouragement because we go back outside of chapter 12 and go to the very last verse of verse 11. Romans 11 verse 36 says this. For from him and through him and to him are all things. For him be glory forever. Amen. See, Paul's appeal is on behalf of God's glory. All things. God is the source. God is the sustainer of the universe. He is the source and the sustainer of all things. Now, brothers is actually specific here. Brothers is for those of us who have a saving faith in Jesus. Remember, there are those of, among us in this world today who are actually dying. I mean, we're all dying, but they're on the cusp of actually dying, and they don't even know the Lord. Before we continue, we must note this, though. All of this is contingent upon, as it says here in the text, the mercies of God. See, mercy Compassion, pity, and tenderness is everything that God is. The sole source of the universe, see, the sole sustainer of the universe has compassion, has pity, and shows tenderness that he has reserved for us. It's like the song we sang this morning. You find me. Because of God's mercy, he finds us. Therefore, as it says, are you going to heed Paul's encouragement? Personally, are you going to heed the encouragement that we're seeing because of his glory and his mercies? Now, the actual encouragement is actually found in the rest of verse 1, which states this. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Again, let's define worship. Worship is the appropriate response to who God is. If you sin against somebody, do you say sorry or do you ask for forgiveness? 
Sorry indicates you made a mistake. Asking for forgiveness indicates that you committed a sin. By asking for forgiveness, we're appropriately responding to who God is. Are you catching my drift here? We can worship God at all times, in all situations, whether they are intentional or unintentional. Because of who God is in His glory, we are able to do this. Because of who God is in His mercy, we need to understand and ask ourselves the question then, are we prepared, are you prepared to respond in active surrender toward Him? Some of us today, let's face it, are unsure. Some of us are sitting here today actually even wondering if salvation is in our future. Some of us are asking the question, like, I'm not even confident in what's going to happen to me when I finally die someday. It's okay. It's okay. That's why we should all be dying men and women preaching the good news of Jesus to other dying men and women. The areas of active surrender towards Jesus include the body, spirit, mind, and will. So if you're unsure today, listen. Listen to what our encouragement is. And then you can determine for yourself if you're ready. If you're ready with the body. If you're ready with the mind. If you're ready with your spirit and your own personal will to surrender. And then understand that spiritual worship requires both the body, the spirit, the mind, and the will. But it doesn't require one over the other. It requires all, which is the reason why we can do this at all times. And that is worship God. But see, speaking of the body, the mind, the will, and the spirit, it reminds me of the story I heard of a young girl that was in church one Sunday morning. When the offering plates got passed around, she actually put the offering plate on the floor and then took her right foot and her left foot and she stood in it like this. And when the usher proceeded to tell her that you need to get out of the offering plate, young lady, she proceeded to tell him, Sir, I learned in Sunday school that God wants my all. God's given us his all. Jesus upon the cross is our example. The death, burial, and resurrection. God leaving heaven and going to a cross and submitting himself. Humiliating himself is him giving us his all. Are we willing to give God our all? Do we want all of Him in return? Wanting all of the Lord requires active surrender. See, as we've realized from our study in Hebrews, the priest sacrificed the entire animal for God to receive. But see, this actually foreshadowed us as priests ourselves. We know that those who have a saving faith in Jesus, according to Peter, are part of a royal priesthood. Therefore, we need to present ourselves or present your bodies as living sacrifices as it says in verse 1 this morning. 
So how can we incorporate this daily in our lives? Because that's an honest question I think we all can ask. I believe that we can do this with our feet, with our hands, with our mouths, with our eyes, and with our ears. Do not let your feet run toward sin. Do not let your hands work with sin. Do not let your eyes look upon sin. I know some of you are relating to this right now. I'm relating to this right now. You got things in your life right now that you know you've allowed your feet to run to, your hands to work with, your eyes to gaze upon. Do not let your mouth allow itself to speak of sin. And finally, do not allow your ears to listen to sin. Because after all, ears that listen to sin will also speak of sin. As most of us know, this is easier said than done, isn't it? I'll be the first to admit it. This is much easier said than done. Sadly, some of us do not even recognize that we are actually failing in all five of these senses. This world peddles spiritual success strategies. That's what's unfortunate. We wouldn't think about it in terms of this. We would think of it as in terms of self-help, know your self-worth, see yourself better than you already see yourself, Know and practice the power of positive thinking. However, victory in the Christian's life is achieved by your feet, by your hands, by your eyes, by your mouth, and by your ears. This is how you are a living sacrifice. 24-7, 365. Victory is found in God's will. His will and desire for us is to surrender to Him. After all, isn't this how Jesus achieved victory on the cross? He achieved victory through surrender. The, the power of positive thinking didn't defeat Satan on the cross. Therefore, our victory is in active surrender, not personal achievement. And that's what the world is peddling at us currently and always has. And this is why we're saying this this morning. God desires that we surrender to Him and worship. God desires that we surrender to Him in worship. We surrender with our feet. We surrender with our hands. We surrender with our eyes, our mouths, and our ears. If we can keep it that simple, we are much better off. We are in a much better position to actually surrender. Again, we put these two sentences into one main idea, and that idea says this. What we believe about Jesus determines how we behave. Have you ever used or actually seen one of these before? It's called a moldorama. It's exactly what it says it is, if you can read on there. It's basically a miniature plastic factory. 
you can see that on the, on the screen, for $2, you can make your own exclusive product molded in colorful plastic. This product might be exclusive. It's just not original. See, I mean, even this machine is only able to come up with so many configurations. So it is limited. So whatever it is that you pick out of the Moldorama, whatever mold that you want to create out of plastic isn't necessarily going to be unique to just yourself. You're not going to be the only owner. I see what looks like the Sears Tower in there. I see some giraffes. Somebody else picked the Sears Tower. Somebody else is going to pick the giraffe. So it's not quite original. But brothers and sisters, we need to actually think of the world when we think of this Moldorama. Because that's exactly what this world is. This world is just one big Moldorama machine that we were all born into. This world wants to mold you. This world wants to conform you to its own pattern, which we've actually been warned about here in verse 2. What does it say? Do not be conformed to this world. Or it could say, do not be the plastic in a Motorama machine. It also says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Brothers and sisters, it's either or. Either it's pop culture or sanctification. Now, I understand some of you are asking right now, what is sanctification? Sanctification in its definition is actually the process in which God takes us through to make us like Jesus to make us holy. It is the work of the Holy Spirit who God places in our hearts the minute we come to a saving faith in Christ. It's like building skill, sanctification is. See, I've always said that you're born with talent. Your talent is set. There's nothing you can do to increase your talent level. But you can develop skill to match your talent. Your skill is never going to go above your talent. Your talent's your ceiling. But your skill level starts at the bottom and you slowly work towards it. And sanctification is the same. It doesn't matter if you're learning how to shoot free throws and you want to become more accurate. You work and develop the skill to become more accurate when you're at the foul line. But in life, we do the same thing with sanctification. It's a daily process by day, by day, that we slowly develop the skill Necessary to match the talent of holiness. But if our talent level is set in holiness in Christ, then we also need to understand that we also have a talent level that's been set in sin. Let's face it. We're a bunch of talented sinners, aren't we? John Corson asks, this question, I believe this is a great question for us to ask at this period in time, knowing that we have such a talent for sin. Are you a thermometer or a thermostat? Do you adjust to the temperature of culture or do you change the climate of the culture around you? The renewal of your mind Remember, feet, hands, eyes, mouth, and ears. What your eyes and ears consume 
will exit out the mouth, which motivates the feet to deliver the hands to the sinful opportunity. That's the mold that the world wants you to remain in. We've all heard the expression, they broke the mold when they made him, or they broke the mold when they made her. When we come to a saving faith in Jesus, we break the mold, but it's not us breaking the mold. It's our faith in the work of Jesus that breaks the mold. Brothers and sisters, it's either or. Either it's pop culture or it's sanctification. You know, that process that God takes us through to make us as holy as what Jesus is. Because after all, Confucius, he had worldly wisdom, didn't he? What did he say? He said, I hear and I forget I see and I remember. I do and I understand. So are you consuming the material world or are you consuming the immaterial world? Both require surrender. That's for sure. Both require surrender. Either you're going to surrender to the world in the pattern that it wants you to follow, that it wants to mold you into, or you surrender to the immaterial world, the gospel of Jesus Christ that breaks the mold of the sinful pattern of this world. But you have to understand, one perishes and one remains forever. This world will perish. Eternity with Christ is what remains forever. And the will of God, as it says here in the text, the will of God, His will for us, is simply what brings Him pleasure. So as Joe comes up and joins me and we wrap up this morning, again, I would like to encourage you, it's either or. It's either the will of the world or the will of the Lord. That in which you consume brings pleasure to the one in which you are consuming who do you see yourself consuming more of? This world's will or the will of the Lord? We were all born with a talent for sin, so who's building your skill? That should be a question we should ask ourselves. Who is it that's building my skill? Is Satan and his worldly system building my skill or am I allowing the Holy Spirit to build my skill so I can be conformed into the holiness of Jesus Christ see too many too many proclaim Jesus as their Lord and Savior but the problem is they're doing so from the inside of a Motorama machine Either we're being conformed to the world or we're being conformed to the Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Church, remember feet, hands, eyes, mouth, ears. Or we could just simply say this, as we've been born, with a talent for sin, we must develop the skill of renewing our minds toward 
Jesus. As we've been born with a talent for sin, we must develop the skill of renewing our minds toward Jesus. And a beautiful starting point would be this. Even if you only recognize that maybe you are inside that Moldorama machine, being conformed to the pattern of the world, even recognizing that is the beginning. That is a great place to start. And if that's the case, in the coming days, weeks, months, be careful. Be careful with your feet, with your hands, with your eyes, your mouth, and your ears. Again, we also said this morning of the text, our first point stated that God's desire that we surrender to him in worship. And ultimately, our main idea as we tie all of this together, if we know that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, if we know that perfection comes through him, our perfection eventually is only through him, then what we believe about Jesus determines how we behave. And if we believe Jesus to be who the Bible says that he is, we will behave in active surrender. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for us as a body of believers. I pray that we can go forward with the good news of salvation. I pray that we, those of us who are convicted this morning about the truth found in your word, I pray that we can be convicted in such a way that it draws us near you. We know that your word tells us that you were drawn near back to us. We are so thankful for that encouragement. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.